You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia discuss the primary care issues that are on their mind and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I'm joined today by Dr. Christopher Vangelian, a board-certified primary care sports medicine physician and adolescent fellow in the Division of Adolescent Medicine, also at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Thanks for having me, Katie. And today we're talking about a program called Nature PHL. I'm going to start with a little bit of background. Research has shown that children who spend more time outside are more physically active and less likely to be overweight. We know, though, that there are many barriers to getting this much-needed time outdoors, including time, accessibility, and safety. Navigating ways to help our patients increase their physical activity at local parks can be challenging for many providers, but a new program called Nature PHL aims to solve this problem. So, Dr. Vangelian, how is nature good for children's bodies and minds? I'm a city girl, so help me out. You know, Katie, I think instinctively, uh, many of us uh, can feel and see how nature is good for the body, mind, and spirit. Uh, When we spend time outside in parks or in the woods, a lot of us just feel better. Um, What's great is that over the last uh, few decades, there's also been an increasing amount of research that looks at the impact of uh, nature and outdoor spaces, uh, specifically on children. Uh, What we've learned is that uh, being outdoors uh, helps to promote uh, physical activity. Um, In fact, one of the best ways to get kids to be more active is simply to get them outside. Mm -hmm. Time outdoors also appears to uh, displace the amount of time that kids spend in front of a screen. Uh, Maybe because of this or for other reasons, uh, we are still learning, uh, but young people who spend more time outdoors are less likely to be overweight or obese. Mm -hmm. We also know that time outdoors helps to promote uh, healthy child development. Um, It also is linked to improved mood, um, improvement in the symptoms of uh, ADHD, and it appears to promote learning uh, even after time outdoors uh, is finished and kids are back in the classroom. Um, The other thing that I like to emphasize is that time outdoors uh, is linked with promoting values, and that includes uh, the knowledge that when kids spend time outdoors with their families uh, early in life, they're more likely to grow into adults that spend time outdoors with their own families uh, much later on, Um, and it may also help to promote values like environmental stewardship. Mm -hmm. Great. And we know that children spend a lot of time sitting in school, and they often spend much of their after-school time sitting, doing homework, or in front of screens. So how much time do children typically spend outdoors? You know, of course, this varies from one child Mm -hmm. to another, and kids are involved in such a variety of activities. Um, But there um, have been some studies that try to take a closer look at this. Um, And in one study, uh, the average child uh, spent only about 30 minutes outside in unstructured activities Mm. uh, each week. That's less than 1% of their time. Mm. Um, Of course, as I mentioned, we know this varies from one child to another. But what we know is that the time that kids spend outside um, overall is at risk. There's been a few other studies that have asked uh, parents, mothers specifically, about how much time they spent outdoors relative to indoors as children. And Mm -hmm. the majority of them said that they spent more time outdoors than they did indoors uh, as kids Mm -hmm. themselves. 
Um, but uh, very few of them say that their own children do the same today. Uh, we also know at the same time that many schools are reducing uh, the amount of time and opportunity for, for recess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we could probably guess that even our outdoorsy kids are spending less time outside than they may have a generation ago. Mm-hmm. So the message that I want to make clear is that overall there's a reduction in the amount of time that our children spend outdoors. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Well, I think there's a number of things that are uh, putting outdoors time at risk. Uh, culturally, I think we've, um, if you ask around, we've changed uh, how we talk about uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we worry about our kids being outdoors and uh, specifically unattended outdoors mm-hmm. um, in, uh, in green spaces in cities because we worry about strangers and the mm-hmm. safety of um, our green spaces here. Um, we also worry about safety in general and the harm that can come just from uh, wandering in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these uh, changes in the academic setting where there appears to be less time for physical education and mm-hmm. recess. Um, and that seems to be driven by an increasing pressure for schools to uh, fit more uh, learning into the school day and to mm-hmm. perform well on measures of standardized tests. Um, it also has to do with the availability of uh, supervision for when kids are outside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a belief that uh, as uh, our indoor environments have changed, that's also driven kids back indoors. So that's the availability of screens mm-hmm. um, in some neighborhoods, maybe not in Philadelphia, but in some neighborhoods. That's because our indoor uh, spaces have better air conditioning, sometimes mm-hmm. bigger rooms and more entertainment. And all of those are a draw to be indoors, which can sometimes displace the amount of time that kids spend in nature. Mm-hmm. So some people may say, my child spends a lot of time outdoors doing soccer and baseball. Um, So what benefit does nature-based play have over organized sports? You know, uh, nature-based play is really unique um, when compared to to sports. Um, And, you know, I'm a sports guy. I believe that sports and and organized sports and association with teams have um, lots of advantages. What I love about time outdoors and in nature is that nature tends to meet kids uh, wherever they are on the developmental spectrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you take a five-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy and you put them uh, in just an open field of grass, they're going to use that open field in totally different ways. Uh, the other way that um, the other reason that I love nature um, and the way that it stimulates kids is that oftentimes being in nature um, requires a child's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the time that I spent outdoors as a kid, and what I remember almost as vividly as the trees and the rocks and the salamanders that I used to try to catch um, are the daydreams that I had just by wandering through the woods or sitting on a swing that was attached to the branch of a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, And so nature not only meets kids where they are developmentally, but it requires them to use their own innate creativity to interact and experience, uh, interact with and experience nature. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's different about nature um, is that when kids are outdoors, whether it's in a park or in the woods, um, it also seems to promote a connectedness uh, to the environment itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, kids are directing their attention, not necessarily to a ball, Uh, or to a bat, but instead to the world around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a unique value that sometimes I think we forget. Mm -hmm. Great. So introduce us to what Nature PHL is and who's behind it. Nature PHL is a cross-sector collaborative initiative between the Schuylkill Center for Environmental Education, Philadelphia Parks and Recreation, the U.S. Forest Service, and the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. 
Um, and I'll tell you that Nature PHL, um, which is a project that we've been working on for the last four years or so, um, has really come out of an understanding of shared values. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a shared area of interest, which is to understand that one of the best ways to get kids active is simply to get them outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, and that shared um, understanding um, and a goal that we can all shoot for is the beginning of what Nature PHL represents. Um, the initiative itself is built around uh, really engaging pediatricians as uh, ambassadors for outdoor play and recreation to kids and their families. Um, and uh, the aim of the initiative is to put the right tools in place um, so that pediatricians uh, feel comfortable and have um, the ability to provide counseling for kids and their families about outdoor recreation in a time-efficient and effective way. Right. And Nature PHL has a searchable database of parks, is that right? And so how did the parks get chosen for that database and does it include all parks or just ones that were specifically chosen by the program? Uh, that's exactly right. So what we've done is we've developed a database of um, parks uh, across Philadelphia. Um, that was actually built from um, an existing database um, that was held by Philadelphia Parks and Recreation mm -hmm. um, using their um, geolocation and um, mapping technologies. Um, and so most of the parks that we've uh, selected uh, to begin with um, are affiliated with Parks and Recreation in some way. Uh, we've also added um, some well-known and reputable uh, private lands uh, that are important um, resources to the city. All of the parks that we've selected are currently within the city limits of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have a map across the broad range of Philadelphia. But the next thing that we've done is we've begun to audit those parks, evaluating them based on criteria that really seem to matter the most to kids and their families. Mm -hmm. um, things like safety, accessibility, whether or not there's a bathroom or a water fountain mm -hmm. or a playground mm -hmm. um, that might matter most when kids and their families are trying to find a place to go play. Um, and uh, what we've done is we've progressively audited a large number of those parks and our aim is to have every single park uh, in Philadelphia evaluated based on those more meaningful criteria. So in the office, how would I access Nature PHL and what does the website look like? So right now we have a website that's uh, open to the public um, and that's going to be uh, the foundation of uh, the set of tools that we've made available through Nature PHL. Mm -hmm. um, uh, our listeners can visit uh, www.naturephl.org uh, today to see, if, um, to see the website for themselves. Great. Uh, in addition to that website, we've also developed a number of tools um, that will be incorporated into EPIC at our pilot sites mm -hmm. um, that make it pretty easy to access the website as well as uh, to have a set of uh, optional uh, questions that can help to promote uh, conversations uh, to guide counseling as well as tools that are available for counseling with patients including uh, printable patient family education materials um, and even a template to design an outdoor activity prescription um, if that's something that you'd like to do during the visit. Those tools will be available at our pilot sites, uh, which are Cobbs Creek and Roxborough. But as this intervention grows, we're hoping to expand it to other sites as well. Okay. 
in terms of the website, uh, if you are able to visit there today, uh, what you'll see is that you can type in the um, type in a patient's zip code or the name of a particular park in their neighborhood, um, and uh, the um, what will come up is a page that's specific to that park mm -hmm. um, that includes all of the information about how to get there and the features of the park that are available, um, as well as um, uh, up-to-date photos of what the park looks like. Okay. Um, we're aiming to have pictures of parks in uh, all seasons so that we can even talk about outdoor recreation in the winter time when people are less likely to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is that there is a visually attractive and uh, easily usable representation of what people can expect when they visit their park. Right. Uh, there's also the ability to search within a zip code um, for parks based on particular criteria. So a uh, family could uh, choose buttons that say, I want a park that is wheelchair accessible, mm -hmm. has bathrooms, has a water fountain, um, or is pet friendly. Mm -hmm. There's a number of other criteria that might be of interest as well. Mm -hmm. And what it'll do is um, the website will filter out the parks that meet all of those needs so that families can search through and sift and see which parks in the city might be a best fit for them. Great. And when you were mapping these parks, you already considered safety factors in terms of which parks are safe for families to attend? We did, and um, one of the things that we've learned is that um, safety is a concept that matters to everyone. It's also one that's really difficult to define. Right. Um, and so when people talk about safety, um, they mean several things. Um, a number of people, when they think of safety, are talking about the built environment, mm -hmm. um, whether or not there's uh, major obstacles or cracks in the sidewalk. Other people talk about the crime rate and mm -hmm. how that may uh, affect what's going on in their neighborhood. Um, but what we've actually learned is that uh, there's been a number of surveys across the, the city, um, and one factor that seems to matter the most to people about safety is whether or not other people that they identify with use that park. Mm -hmm. So um, tackling the question of safety is something that is a challenge for all of us, mm -hmm. and specifically for us when we uh, were designing Nature PHL. What we have um, is information about the built environment, um, and what we're hoping to change is uh, the way in which people uh, see parks, understand parks, and understand how others are engaging with them. Mm -hmm. um, and by having photographs available of each park and using the mapping tools, um, people will also be able to um, integrate what's available on the website with what they're particularly looking for and mm -hmm. what they know about the neighborhoods that they're visiting. Mm -hmm. Great. And similar programs exist in other cities like Boston and DC. So what have we learned from those that is helping us with Nature PHL? Um, DC Park RX is an initiative that's been a huge example for us. Um, in that initiative, um, their group uh, mapped parks in, uh, in a way that was a real model for us in this project. Mm -hmm. um, and they, I would say, really pioneered the concept of evaluating parks based on family-friendly criteria. Um, and putting them in a simple, searchable, readable database um, mm -hmm. that pediatricians and families could uh, access. Uh, their system is built by selecting a particular zip code and then finding the park uh, pages mm -hmm. um, that are uh, compiled or created for that zip code. Um, and uh, what's been great is uh, as they've unveiled their uh, or rolled out their activity prescriptions over the years of their intervention, they've seen that people are using uh, parks and visiting parks in their neighborhoods more often than they have been in the past. Yeah. 
Sometimes that's by visiting the park just one more day or two more days each month. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think we're going to learn what that means for patients and their families over time. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the program that's available in Boston um, has also uh, demonstrated some examples of what it is to build uh, an activity prescription mm -hmm. um, and uh, to partner with other organizations locally to talk about programming um, and activities that kids and families can do when they do visit parks. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a big example for us in terms of collaborating with a number of uh, agencies and organizations throughout the city um, to figure out how we can link park location to programming. Mm -hmm. uh, the feature feature on our website um, and with our tools that um, I think mirrors that pretty well um, is that uh, we have an up-to-date live connection to the Philly Fun Guide calendar okay. um, and we've tagged events based on uh, whether or not they're uh, outdoor related mm -hmm. and so what families will be able to do is to either peruse a list of events or a calendar or even search by a specific park and see what uh, events are upcoming um, to figure out uh, what's going on in a park near them. Great. So what research is being done on the Philadelphia Nature PHL program? I know you're still in the pilot phase, but what is the plan to, to generate research from this? So far, a lot of our research has been foundational. It's been about understanding how we can build a tool that is a good fit for pediatricians as mm -hmm. well as for patient families. Moving ahead, I think our first goal uh, within the next one or two years is to focus on um, uh, quality improvement uh, focus of, of research, which is to make sure that we've designed an intervention that is uh, being used and is usable by mm -hmm. pediatricians um, and uh, allowing us to rapidly improve the intervention so that we can roll it out to other sites uh, with even more effectiveness in the years to come. Mm -hmm. We've also partnered with um, some researchers from the U.S. Forest Service um, and from the University of Pennsylvania um, who are beginning to put together grants to look at um, information such as activity tracking um, mm -hmm. around uh, what kids are actually doing with physical activity after they've received a nature prescription mm -hmm. um, and other uh, ways of assessing the impact that we're having on kids um, and their families by prescribing outdoor activity to them. Um, but today our focus is uh, really on uh, continuing to improve uh, the design of this new intervention. You know, I think one of the things that um, is important to note is that Nature PHL has never been done before. There really aren't a lot of examples out there for evidence-based screening questions that uh, we should ask kids and their families about outdoor recreation when they come to the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. There's not a huge evidence basis for uh, the types of questions that we should ask um, to guide conversations about outdoor play and recreation. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually not a lot of evidence, period, for how to talk to patients and their families about physical activity in general. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not a lot of evidence um, for how prescriptions should be provided. Mm -hmm. So what we've tried to do is design an intervention that fills a need that we're already struggling to fill, which is to talk to patients and their families about physical activity. Right. Um, and to design it based on the input of community stakeholders and pediatricians themselves mm -hmm. um, in a way that we believe will be effective. Um, and our first step is to get, um, to get the wheels on the bus 
uh, moving and mm -hmm. to get um, things up and running in a clinic so that we can uh, assess how well this is working in terms of facilitating conversations and making the lives of pediatricians easier when they try to provide counseling for patients and families about physical activity. So that's where we focus on quality improvement, mm -hmm. making sure that this is a usable intervention that can actually be woven into an existing clinical framework. Um, and uh, as we move forward from quality improvement and we have an initiative um, that is usable and used by pediatricians, then we're gonna be able to look at um, how effective we are, um, including how often we're able to get our, how much more often we're able to get our patients and their families uh, to experience life in the great outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, and then what that means for secondary uh, endpoints like uh, obesity, um, the symptoms of ADHD, um, symptoms of um, mood problems like uh, depression, mm -hmm. um, and what we're doing for their physical activity level in general. Right. You have big goals, and it sounds like you guys are already off to a good start with a website that's up and running, and you're in a few clinics and looking towards others. It's also a really cool collaboration, as you mentioned, between a hospital and the parks um, and private organizations and um, the city. So I love that, that everybody's kind of working together towards this common goal. I know you've been in Philly for a long time and now you're doing this nature PHL, so tell me what is your favorite Philadelphia park? Oh, that's a great question <laughs> and I have uh, too many parks to choose from. Uh, I live in South Philadelphia and um, I'm just a little bit south of uh, Washington Avenue. Um, and as far south as sometimes it feels like I am, I'll tell you that um, FDR Park, uh, which is at the very south end of the city near the stadiums, is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, it's, uh, I think, with as large and expansive as we see Fairmount Park being, mm -hmm. and the fact that everyone points to Fairmount Park, it's easy to ignore the fact that there are other large parks with great features throughout our city. Mm -hmm. And uh, FDR Park is one of those, uh, in some ways, hidden gems mm -hmm. that I would love to see more people visit. Yeah, that's a very creative and overlooked park you chose. I like that. <laughs> that's not what I was expecting, but FDR Park is a fun one, so that's a great resource. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about Nature PHL is that you can find these parks that, that are so great that you might not know exist that might just be around the corner from where you or your patient lives. So thanks for telling us more about Nature PHL today and remind us where the website is that we can find it. Absolutely. It is naturephl.org. Great, and we will look for that, and hopefully it'll be coming to more CHOP clinics soon, but if you're at Cobbs or Roxborough, then you can already use it and give some feedback about how things are going. Thanks so much for joining me today, and, uh, and I look forward to using Nature PHL in my clinic. Thanks, Katie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash PCP podcasts for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat.